Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. G'day guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Dylan Friends Podcast. This week we have Dr. Zach Seidler back again. For those of you who didn't hear our last chat a few months ago, he's the Global Director of Mental Health Training at Movember. Going back into lockdown in Melbourne and still being affected all over Australia, I thought it was a really good time to check in on ourselves, friends and family to make sure we're all accountable on our mental health. We will be covering a few topics today that might hit home for some people, so I really do encourage you, if that is you, please check the notes in the show bio for some extra help. I really learned a lot from Zach again. I hope you can take something out of it and enjoy it as much as I did. A quick few shout-outs to some very special listeners, James Spanbroke, Callum Chisholm, and Tana Quattrochi. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in and all your love over the last few weeks. And guys, please, if you're listening and you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe on Spotify or iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast. If you're listening to this and think it might be able to help someone else in your friendship group or family, make sure you send the podcast on because it might be able to help them too. Let's go. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Strap yourselves in for some light-hearted and wholesome fun. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Dr. Zach Seidler, welcome back to the Dylan Friends podcast, my friend. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's always a pleasure to have you on again and... Uh, we chatted off air and I'd love to get you on as a, as a contributor and it's a, it's a very fitting time to have you back on the show. Second time lucky, eh? Let's, let, let's yeah. hope I can. You, you got to better it. I like, I like the, <laughs> the chance to, for a redo, if nothing else. Exactly. I didn't want to say, but last time just didn't hit the mark and um, <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got you back on just to give you one more chance. But no, in all seriousness, mate, it's, um, it's an honour to have you back on. You've, uh, you've really stepped up your game, as is the podcast, so I thought it was very fitting to get you back on. You've, you're writing articles now in the Herald Sun. You're everywhere in the media, so um, congratulations on that, but it's probably, probably for another cause as well. It's probably because some things have sort of been happening lately that aren't, aren't ideal. Mm, for sure. Well, I've, I've been saying that I'm pretty lucky there's a, there's a silver lining here and that I'm busy as I've ever been, but the sad thing is, is that I get busy when the shit hits the fan. So um, I'm just trying to, trying to roll with that and um, find opportunities to, to give as much as I can while also, I guess, what we'll talk about today is, is looking after ourselves because it's, it's rough when you put a lot of expectations on yourself as well to try and live up to the expectation. Um, and, you know, writing and talking and doing all this stuff has been awesome, um, but there's, there's some real difficulties going on out there that, you know, we need to, we need to try to, to help people with. Yeah, of course, mate. And for anyone else who is, uh, is listening out there that didn't check into our chat, we had a chat about eight weeks ago um, about some really cool stuff, pretty similar time um, when we, you know, Victorians have gone back into lockdown now, but it was probably at the start of the last lockdown where we just sort of thought it'd be good to check on um, on things and check on everyone. And um, I think now is, again, as we said, another fitting time. But I think um, chatting to you post that, um, the feedback that we both got was, was incredible. Um, I was overwhelmed with so many people reaching out and how much they said that just something like that had helped. Um, and I said to myself, I didn't want it to be something that, you know, I tick the box and then we move on. Um, as, as chatted to you, mate, I think mental health is one of those things that it's a consistent thing. 
Um, nothing much changes in the fact that the messages are always very similar. Um, but I suppose today is just another little refresher and some things that we might not have touched on last time to, to go through. I can't believe that was eight weeks ago. Look at my beard growth since then. But the, th- the thing I, that... Uh, I didn't think that could get much thicker, to be honest. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, all, it's all hair plugs, don't worry. The, um, the thing that's, that's kind of stuck with me, I guess, is that um, I've been talking a lot to people around like being a carer for someone who's got a mental health issue. And whereas if someone's got cancer, for instance, and they're, they're going through chemo, there's like a, a start and an end point, you know, and there's like a, a pretty clear trajectory about how things are going to go. But if you've got a mate or, or a loved one who's suffering from anxiety or depression, the ups and downs are just insane. It's like, you know, you never know what you're going to get really. And so um, that's kind of what COVID has done to everyone. It's been the ups and downs, the roller coaster. And so I guess before we begin, I just want to, um, tell everyone that they're doing just fine however they're doing um, and that you just got to ride the wave um, and the unpredictability and un- the uncertainty is massively overwhelming but trying to fight it is just going to hurt even more. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a, it's a position that we've never found ourselves in before and um, yeah, to think that you're going to get through this sort of unscathed, you probably, there's, there's always going to be times that are challenging, um, myself included, which will we'll get into later but um mate something I, I really wanted to ask you about if, if you're okay with is last time I totally forgot to um to talk to you about your journey I suppose just to the start to to see how you got to where you were obviously um global director of mental health training in November is a very fancy name as we touched on but there's got to be probably a backstory to how you you got there and why you're passionate about mental health mm, for sure I think we've all we've all got one one way or another um mine is is actually, it's pretty timely, actually. Tomorrow is going to be seven years since my dad took his own life. Um, and that's, that's kind of um, not, I guess, the reason I'm in it, but it is my motivation, I guess, in many ways. Um, and so it's, it's what drives me. I was already becoming a psychologist. I was already on the road to it. But whether or not I was going to do, you know, men's mental health specifically, I'm not really sure. Um, and then having my dad, who was, you know, my inspiration, he was a doctor, he was a bloody champion and um to see someone that strong that um you know seemingly stable i guess um break down really in front of your eyes um shakes your worldview i guess and i and i it became pretty clear to me that um things aren't always as they seem especially with with men and so that's kind of what's driven me to understand why men act the way that they do when they get into tough spots and what they need um, really to look after themselves and, and to make it a, an easier, softer, lighter, more peaceful journey, I guess, one way or another moving, moving forward. Um, yeah, but that's, that's my story. Thanks for asking, Dil. No, it's, that's, in, that's incredible, mate. I, uh, I actually had, uh, didn't know that and um, I thank you so much for feeling comfortable enough to tell it because it is such a, such a hard thing to talk about but I suppose you're obviously doing um doing a lot now to combat that and obviously your old man would be super proud of of what you're up to at the moment mate because you're doing some great things um I suppose the next sort of um the way I want to sort of conduct today and always happy for you to just throw in where you are mate because you're the expert I just um like to talk a lot um we touched on it earlier but at the moment obviously COVID um it's been tough. Like it's, it's, it's been really tough for, for so many Australians, um, not just men, um, obviously women as well. But I suppose, um, I don't want to get political because I don't know anything about politics, but 
obviously at the moment there's been a lot of um, information getting around, probably misinformation as well um, on mental health and, and what's actually happening with that in Australia at the moment. Obviously COVID's happening and that's a that's a disease. It's a, it's something that's attracting people to, to get sick. But obviously the mental side of things, which we don't really report on because it's not allowed. I'm not sure if it's actually not allowed, but I don't know if people don't do it. But obviously there has been a lot of um, incidents with mental health at the moment, but there's probably been a few stats that aren't there. Are you able to sort of divulge on what's actually been happening? Have we seen a rise in things at the moment? For sure. So I don't know if anyone's seen, um, I posted about this a few days ago, but everyone's been been posting this, this um, note on Instagram um, that it was like, you know, since COVID began, this many uh, deaths have happened as a result of COVID, but this many suicides have taken place. And, um, you know, call your mates, check in, blah, blah, blah. Um, there, there are no statistics out at the moment around the suicide rate this year. Um, and so while there are probably projections that are coming out all over the place and there are a few really preliminary findings um, that show that Lifeline, um, you know, use has been going through the roof. Um, Beyond Blue callers have, have um, you know, really ramped up. There's also domestic violence um, cases that are, that are, you know, going through the roof as well. There's no hard stats um, where that thousand uh, people who have who have suicided comes from. Um, that that stuff comes out from the Australian Bureau of Statistics much later in the year. So um, I think that we need to be cautious, as you said. This stuff can can trigger people. There's you know there's a thing of of contagion, suicide contagion, which is to say that if you really talk about um, suicide in a certain way or prematurely. Um, it can trigger angst in people um, and actually work in the opposite direction of what you intended. So we've got to be careful with that stuff. Everyone wants to help. Let's be clear. We love the message. Um, we just need to be careful about um, making sure that we've got the stats right before we start to spread them, I guess. Yeah, for sure, mate, for sure. Um, which probably bleeds to another point that we spoke about last time. And again, like this, this podcast will probably be repetitive, but as we said, it's about just like bettering our knowledge. And I already feel like since last time we chatted, it sparked so many conversations for me out of that. And I got better at being able to have conversations with other people. Um, but again, it's something that we continually need to check in and, and do. One thing that I came across actually with Movember um, was an awesome um, thing called conversations that Movember has. So basically the hardest part about mental health sometimes is, is we all want to check in our mates. We all, we all love talking to our mates and checking on them, seeing how they are. But the actual conversation in how to do that and how they'll best react and what the scenario is, is it, you know, what's it related to? Is it a home thing? Is it they're struggling at work? Or is it maybe something they're, they're doing that isn't good for them? Um, that's probably the hard part to, to really come to. But I think something that would be cool to talk about, I suppose, from your point of view and, and the organisation that you work with, obviously, Movember, is the conversations um, aspect on the website that actually talks you through how to approach people. Um, and I think it's such an awesome skill um, to be able to teach people how to do that. You're my hype man. Thanks for the promo. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, the, the, the tool is called Movember Conversations and um, it's like an online interactive um, conversation starter. And the whole thing is that you might not have the words, but we do in a way. And so we, we kind of um, give you a couple scenarios um, that are really coolly like drawn out and they, they give you options about how to um, jump in and, and speak to a guy in your life uh, that you might not have the words to, to really push through and get past that discomfort or awkwardness 
that often happens at the start and um, really lean in and have that conversation that is going to potentially save a life, I guess, in many ways. I want to be clear, though, that the idea that those types of conversations need to be the heavy, you know, are you suicidal or, you know, have you yeah. thought of sort of it, it? That's just bullshit. You know, I'm yeah. a psychologist and I don't even do that very often. What I do is I go, oh, mate, you told me last week that the bills are piling up. How's that going? That's, that's an in. The in yeah. is like, oh, you told me your kids are being a little shit. So what, what you know, what are you going to do about it? It's like, how can we find a way for them to express whatever's going on in their life, a way for them to express the emotion that's happening without making it a mental health conversation because everyday life situations are actually the, the largest risk factors for male suicide. We've got unemployment, financial distress, relationship breakdown, that type of stuff we see every day in our mates. It's everywhere. And we don't look at that as like a risky thing. We just look at it as, oh, that's life. But in fact, that's the stuff that actually pushes guys over the edge. So check in about those things. And what we do is we use the ALEC model, which is ask, listen, encourage action, and check in. Just remember Alec Baldwin on your little, on your, on your <laughs> shoulder. He's just, he's just yapping away as Donald Trump. But it's really the idea of like, don't try and fix the problem. Just be there consistently. Ask in a really open-ended manner. And I guess when it comes to like, how do I have those words? What am I actually going to do to make that meaningful conversation? It's a matter of just going, how am I going to connect with this guy on a level that we normally do. Don't make it something different. It doesn't need to be a totally different conversation. It needs to be something that is familiar to them in the time and a place that works for them. And then you need to come back. You don't say, I'll chat to you in a month. You go, I'll see you on Wednesday at the same time. Exactly. Man. And that was a point, I suppose, of checking back in with you because I thought, as we said earlier, I didn't want this to just be something that people think, okay, that's a box tick. Let's think about it. No, but it's something that you def- definitely have to revisit because it's so easy to forget about sometimes and I'll, I'll get to that later. But one thing I do want to do, mate, is, and I know you are the, the, the king of this, I want to do some role play, okay? I want, okay, I want to pretend... The king of role play, I'll take that. Almost, um, I, I want you to give me some good ins, okay? So I'll be someone maybe that you need, you, you're not worried about, but you just want to check up on because I think the hardest part about checking on our mates isn't actually, everyone's got the will to do it, but it's sort of how to actually go about it. Um, obviously, again, we spoke about conversations, but I'd love to just see the real master at work. Um, <laughs> no pressure. And see some, see some good little um, calls. All right. Well, can you give me a bit of a backstory? Am I, oh, am okay. I allowed yeah, to know sure. anything that's going on? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, the backstory is um, I've just been super stressed with COVID um, and financials is, is just weighing up on me at the moment, which, which everyone's in the same boat. Um, everyone's got to pay bills. And I suppose just that uncertainty of what's what's happening and what's going to happen in the future. So I'd start, Dill, man, you messaged me a couple of days ago and said that, um, you know, things have been pretty tough. Um, I'm just going to dive in and question what exactly were you talking about, you reckon? Yeah, yeah, well, uh, well you've already got me. I'm an open book, so I'd like to... <laughs> no, I suppose exactly right. Will you marry um, me? Yeah, exactly. Well, that it's probably just the the information starter, I suppose. Exactly that at the start of of actually just going in and saying the question, identifying. I think we actually the role play we probably don't need to get into because you answered all the questions in there. I just had that down because I wanted to probably see your best one liner, um, which was great. But again, <laughs> the conversations at November is is there to 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 go with that. 
Um, yeah, and I think sure. I think something that's that I, I reckon is really important to remember is it's so easy to forget that they're your mate when you're having these conversations. When you're like amping up to go and be like, oh, I need to check in on him. You just, you take on like a new persona for some reason. Mm. And I reckon the really important thing is to just be like, remind yourself, he's the guy that I've known for however long. I care about him. And so I can push past whatever's going on and just talk to him like I normally do, you know? And um, really just stressing that you care. And the one thing that I really want everyone to remember is that this isn't a one, you know, one way street. It has to be a shared modeling of, of vulnerability or, or emotion, whatever it is. So it's like, yeah. if I'm checking in on you, as you did at the start, checking in on me, sharing your own crap that's going on so that I can feel comfortable. Cause that's the idea that, that men really struggle with. It's like, Oh, he's, he wants me to share everything with him, but he's not giving anything. And so I'm just going to burden him if I tell him what's going on. Um, and we don't want that. We want it to be like a, a pretty reciprocal relationship. For sure. And we talk about our mates in that as well. And it's easier to talk to our mates. I think it's easier to talk to our mates about that sort of thing. Um, something that again, and it's probably fitting as well in, in your circumstance, um, which are, which we really appreciate you opening up earlier about, but talking to someone like our old bands or if uncles, um, I think that that's probably something that's really challenging because they probably haven't grown up with that, you know, comfortableness of being able to be able to sort of talk about those sort of things as much as, you know, we have. And I suppose now especially like the their interaction wouldn't be as much as what it would be because they're not seeing their mates. They don't really go on social media as much. Um, they might not be checking in with their kids because they're not allowed to see them. How can we look after the older people in our lives? And and to be honest with you, like the, you know, 44 to 55-year-old, 60-year-old 60, 60 guys are, are in the greatest risk group because as they age, they tend to actually lose social connections. And, and I remember we ran a survey um, a couple of years ago that showed that it was like 25% of guys had one or no one to talk to in their lives. And that's just like, it rips at me, you know? It's so sad to know that as, as women age, they hold on, if not gain social connections. And for some reason, as guys age, their mates fall away. And so I think to the young guys out there, really paying attention to your friendships, putting time and effort into them, because they will save your life in the long term, seriously. Um, but that aside, older guys, it's, it's rough, man. It's, it's really difficult to have the conversations, especially with like a dad or an uncle where there's like a power dynamic situation as well. Um, and they'll fob you off. They, you know, my dad did it all the time. I'm fine. It's sweet. Don't worry. You know, you're my kid type thing. Um, but I guess the, the key is, is consistency there um, is to not go away <laughs> um, because really that is the only thing that's going to get them um, to, to understand that this is not something that you're taking lightly. Um, and so really the key is to, to take them to a place, you know, where they're going to be comfortable and um, asking them what, not only what's going on, but what can be done, if anything, that you've noticed has changed and, and what can be done um, to, to try and fix that and how you can help um, because it, it really is a matter of like showing that, there is a team around them, you know what I mean? Because what depression and anxiety and all mental health disorders really do is they strip a person of feelings of control, of, of power, of strength, and they just bring in this deep sense of failure. And um, 
what that does is ostracize people. It isolates them. It makes them want to just hole up in a, in a cave and not talk to anyone. And so you need to go and open up the door and let the light in and just go, no, nah, fuck this. We're not, we're not allowing this to happen. It's like, you, you know, you need, to, you need to be relentless. And I've always said I'm, I'm Dr. Relentless. I just, when it comes to my patients, when it comes to my mates, I am just constant in the way that I approach this stuff because they will say, I'm sweet, I'm sweet. And on the third time, they'll start crying. Mm. So keep going. Yeah, that's huge, mate. It's definitely something that we can all improve on, I suppose. Um, like you said, the, the, the older guys in, in my life is, is for sure. Um, I could be checking on them much more. Um, that's something that we really hit me between the eyes last time we, we spoke and has been a massive eye-opener for myself. Um, I don't, you know, and I can't speak for everyone, but I feel like it definitely is, is the, the self-stigma. Like we spoke about last time, um, you know, the mental health stigma, and you said, mate, there is no mental health stigma anymore. Like everyone's accepted of mental health, you know, like we feel like it's a really broad aspect. Everyone can talk about it. Everyone's happy to go and help their mate. Everyone's happy to go and do whatever. But when it comes to yourself, you just think you're fine. Um, and I suppose even for that, for me, like I like have just had still times where like last week, for example, um, you know, I was, I was just thinking about, you know, the podcast and just working and man, I was so fucking run down. Like I was like working, like I've never worked before. Like, especially, you know, I wasn't like, I was happy. Like there was, it wasn't anything sad. I was loving having work on, but I was literally just like getting up, doing this till at, at night on my phone, still working, wake up straight into it. And it was just getting exhausting. Like I was so fucking tired. Like I was so tired. And still at this time, you know, I was thinking about my friends, thinking about this. And it actually took for like my fiance to be like, hey, like you're this guy that you can preach all this stuff about mental health and looking after yourself, but you like absolutely throwing yourself into the ground. Like that's not okay. And it really hit me and I was just like, fuck, I've done it again. Like I've done it again. And it took for her to like pull that out. Like we had to have, I had a couple of days off. I just like turned my phone off, you know, logged out of my social media for the weekend, felt so much better. But I was like, I was just so thankful that I had her to pull that out because I don't know if I would have been able to, if I didn't have someone to help me. Mm, for sure. And I think that that's kind of, especially for, for us who talk about this stuff, who, who experience it, who, you know, share it all the time. We kind of think we're immune somewhere, somewhere or another. Or we just reckon um, that we can just keep going because other people have it worse. That's really what I think COVID is doing, especially. I've spoken to some mates who are like in one bedroom apartments in fucking freezing Melbourne. They can't go out and see anyone. They're, you know, avid exercises. They can't go to gym. Everything is, is real rough for them. And I still call them and they're like, nah, man, it could be worse. And I'm like, of course it could be fucking worse, but it doesn't mean that you're not struggling. And that thing is, is the thing that will continue to, is exactly what you did. You just go, I just got to keep going because mm. that's the only way. And, and you need to, and you're lucky that you've got someone in your life who can call you on that. But we need to build up that natural instinct within ourselves to just go, damn, I've hit the wall. And, um, you know, I've been, I'm in a very similar position. I've just been completely burnt out. Um, and thankfully I'm taking leave tomorrow and it's, this is my, uh, my final call. You're, you're the end. <laughs> you're going to get my best performance here. Um, yeah. the, the final 1%. But I think that it's, it's really that moment to just go, can I actually look after the people that I want to? Can I do this podcast? Can I, you know, 
express my feelings, whatever it is, um, appropriately if I'm just running myself into the ground? And the answer is always no. Yeah, no, 100%. It's a good point. I think even from from that, like from our last chat, as soon as, you know, she said that, it really hit me. I was like, oh, man, you're so right. Like I chatted to Zach about this. Like we, we said this, you know, self-stigma stuff and I was like I'm preaching all this stuff but still don't even do it myself so we put a few things into play for sure and um and yeah we we went to like every morning now we I think it was just about getting back into a routine for me like because I think that that's like something huge like going for like when I go for a walk we go for a walk every morning just like not taking my phone like I leave that in the car um and trying to get off my phone as much as I can because, like, I, embarrassingly, like, enough, I have. I think I have a full addiction to my phone, and it's not just social media. It's just, it's a comfort thing. Like, I'll just be on it, um, if, whether it's just like calling people, um, you know. Like, I always just in the car. I have to be on the phone talking to someone. Like, there's not many times where I don't have my brain just sitting by itself. Um, so, like, letting that probably get away from that for a walk in the morning. It's amazing how much you can actually think about if you don't have your phone and looking at it. You're just thinking about your day and setting things up. Um, I found that's been really helpful. And then even something else I've been really getting into and COVID's always helped me with this, but just getting into a good fitness routine now. Like I've been running, you know, three times a week, but I bought a watch that I can listen to music, but I don't have my phone attached to it. Mm. So like I can leave that in the car. Um, So they're two things that like I sort of put into place that like I've definitely... Definitely helped me a lot. For sure. And I reckon the um, you need to go to like a phone rehab clinic. But the, uh, the, the I, I think they exist in South Korea. But um, <laughs> I think <laughs> we'll just send you off to Seoul. I think um, that, you know, that's really, man, I, I can, if I hear like a, a ding somewhere in the background, my brain is just like something's happening and I need to respond to it immediately. So that, mm. that addiction, it's like a dopamine click that happens. So it's really common and, and I guess you just have to wane yourself off it slowly. Sorry, wean yourself off it slowly but surely. Um, but the key is what, what you said before, and we discussed this last time as well, is that you, you'd fallen off the routine and the most important thing, as we always said, is to not shit on yourself if you do but find a way back. Um, because if you, if you start to rip on yourself when you break a routine for a day or two, that routine then gets matched with the negative valence or emotion and so it then becomes something you actually don't want to do because you've criticized yourself for not doing it that makes Mm. sense so you're much less likely to do it moving forward versus as we discussed if you are going for runs and then you miss a run just going it happens it's fine i'm gonna get back on it tomorrow rather than fuck deal what's wrong with you why can't you and if you do that then it gets matched together with all that negative criticism and you're much less likely to do it again yeah super point it's a super point i suppose that even comes back to again we're repeating ourselves but structuring our days like is a massive one and i've fallen away from that a few times but being able to just bring it back to to things and like you said not getting too down on yourself um mate the biggest thing for me like i literally forget to eat breakfast every day so like Every day I'll get to me and it got to me about two o'clock today. Like I have a coffee in the morning and I'm like, fuck, I haven't even fucking eaten. Like that is not normal, you know, like especially in a time like this because historically I played footy for eight years. I'd wake up, go to training, eat breakfast at training, train, eat lunch at training, come home and then eat dinner with my missus. So I had to like, like literally at the moment, I've just realized that like I've never been in this situation of living out of home and not eating breakfast. 
It's been, it's like, you it, it sounds stupid, but it's been crazy. Right. I was a superstar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> word on the street. YouTube keeps telling me for some reason. Um, I, I just keep getting Dill, Dill um, fan, fan videos. That's, that's yeah. my, um, just my list. It's just following <laughs> me. Um, you've got your phone. Use it to your advantage. Alarm the shit out of your life. Mm. That's, that's the key. It's like I've got meditation alarms. I've got um, lunch alarms. If, if you can't get into the cycle on your own, bing yourself until you get there um, because uh, the food situation, lots of people do like that intermittent fasting stuff. If I don't have my muesli and banana before 9 a.m., all hell will break loose. So um, I, I think that you need to consider the fact that your blood sugar is like through the floor and you're much less likely to have irritable, you know, mood mm. if you're not eating early in the morning. You need, you need that, that sugar hit. You need the carbs, you, you know, especially if you're doing exercise as well. And if you're a naturally anxious person, you're going to be churning through that stuff. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's something I've definitely got to do. It's, it's, um, I just don't know how I keep forgetting it. Hey, goal setting is something that we spoke about last time as well, but I love this side of it because I felt like I was – Literally nearly last COVID, as bad as this sounds and as weird as this sounds, it was the most productive time of my life because I think that I probably used it really well. And I think we spoke about, like, let's actually flip the script here and use this as a positive. Like, everything that you've been trying to do, like, you've, you, you might want to start a business, you might want to start something. Like, this could be, honestly, the best time to do that. Um, so many creative things have come at this time because we don't have anything else to think about. There's no parties that we can go to. Um, it's such a such a massive time. So I think goal setting, if you've got something that you put off last time, this is the time to go through and really smash it out. Yeah, I know. It's, the other one, COVID-18. I miss it. I miss it. Um, the, yeah, the, let's, let's be honest here. We need to, you know, you need to talk as it is. It's like lockdown fatigue is a thing. Um, it's going to get to everybody and expecting yourself to now be able to again you pull out the puzzles and finish a 5,000 piece puzzle and start a business and, you know, fix all your relationships with your kids, etc. Just chill out. Everyone needs to, to relax. I think having a really clear ritual goal that you want to achieve that is not going to be taxing and extremely challenging for you, um, but will be really fulfilling and give you a sense of progress is probably the way forward. And trying to do what you were doing, which is like, I'm going to be fit, I'm going to kill this podcast, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Most people don't have the energy for that right now. And so I think that it's a matter of going, what's one thing that I can really put my leftover energy into that's going to make me feel good, that's not going to be overly challenging, and that I can just be all right with giving a go. Because um, I agree, you know, there is still silver lining situation here. It's, it's much thinner than it probably was the first time around. Mm. Um, but there's, there's still an opportunity um, to do things that you weren't able to do, you know, last time maybe. So give it a go again. What do you got to lose? In terms of as well, I suppose, connectiveness, um, and we spoke about this, I suppose, just earlier, but in terms of staying connected in a time like this, it is, it is hard, especially Victorians at the moment. Um, what's something, I suppose you see is the best time like i remember last time last covid we were in i was on zoom every night with my mates it was sort of that novelty of um facetiming having you know a few beers over this um house party was all the rage all these things were were massive i feel like this time around though everyone's just totally given up on that and it's just mm. a little bit probably over it already yeah we're zonked 
Yeah, house party's dead. That was quick. <laughs> well, that was scamming us <laughs> as well. I'm pretty sure yeah, that was scamming like, yeah. Stealing my data. <laughs> um, the, the, um, I guess the key is rather than doing what we did last time, which was like, I'm all in. Let's, um, let's do it every night. Let's, you know, we're going to have drinks. We're going to, I think you just need to chill and pull back and just go, what is really important to me? Who is really important to me and how can I do it consistently? Um, and who do I need to check in with consistently? Um, firstly, phone calls should not be forgotten. We don't need face to face all the time. You know, it's so much nicer to just do a walk and walk and talk for instance, with a mask on. But, um, I think that, uh, you know, just just calling people and and potentially i don't know i've been you know watching the footy with mates and having it on loudspeaker and we're just banter and, and ripping on each other that's been useful um and then you know lots of people were doing heaps of gaming i don't know if that's fallen off as well um but i reckon it is really a matter of going what i've been doing at least is being like six o'clock wednesday night boys come on down let's go and so yep. it's like, all right, that's the time. That's all we got. So we're going to go for that. And if there's anything around it, then that's fine. But at least I'm consistent there. Yeah, for sure. I think something that I've sort of learned from this time as well, like you said, it doesn't have to be necessarily the drinks um, and whatnot. But with my mate, uh, my friendship group um, with two mates, we've started a bit of a, a group where, as I said earlier, we're running three times a week. Um, we're keeping each other accountable to it, um, sending in all our data, uploading to Strava, and whatnot. So I think there's that that form of like accountability there, in terms of just getting something done throughout the week. Whereas I suppose at a time like this, you can really hide away and no one will know what you're doing. But to sort of put yourself in front of your friends and say, "Hey, this is what I'm doing. Now you're aware of it. Can you hold me account to it?" Um, is something that is is a big one. So maybe a challenge to anyone listening: if you if you can set up something like that with your friends and happy to do it, it doesn't have to be anything fitness related. It could be trying to eat healthy for a month. It could be um, something along the lines of anything that you guys are into. But I think that that could be something that is really good because it just has that more of an accountability of something and m- makes you more aware and the connectiveness of, of your friends. Yeah, I reckon that's a, that's a good idea. And being being aware, I guess, if someone has slipped off the radar, as you just said, it's really easy to, for people to just, you know, slowly pull away at this time. So if you've noticed that any of your mates have suddenly gone silent or are not, um, connecting as usual or their texts are shorter or not as not as um, you know reliable I guess really pushing to connect with them it'll make you feel good and, and, and it'll make them feel like someone is actually out there thinking about them sure man um, mate it's been it's been good I think we've covered most things that, that we wanted to get through today um, the action points I suppose that going forward again as much as we want to keep this consistent every few months or so but Check in with check in with your mates, um, especially guys that you maybe haven't heard from in a while. But obviously, as well, um, sometimes that has nothing to do with anything. It could be the guy that's the most, you know, the joker of the group, or or anything like that. Just make sure they're all they're all good. Sending sending out a, a group text to your mates, probably like send it out individually, but just sort of a broad message. I think is something that I'm going to be definitely doing over the next few days. Um, a massive one for me, and I, I hope that I'm not alone in this, but getting off your phone, like having some time um, of the day where you just don't have that with you. I think like the morning's a beautiful time just to just go for a walk and smash that out, like get off your phone. I've definitely, even just over the last few days, felt like that's that's huge for me. Um, setting a goal, whether that be, you know, fitness study or or business side, um, having something that little carrot in front of there just to just to act towards um, is something that is something that I'm really keen on doing and I feel that it's it's 
definitely just keeping it, it front of mind all the time and having something there. Um, and then that obviously the structure of your day and keeping it consistent. How did I go? Did I did I smack it? Mate, you want a PhD? You're done. Can't be too Easy. hard. No, no, no. <laughs> they hand them out like candy. Don't worry. <laughs> um, last Stop time as well. That'll be, you, that'll be a podcast. Yeah, that should be. Last time as well you were saying, um, which I don't believe this because I don't feel like you're big enough or strong enough to do this, but you were doing some sort of push-up challenge. Have you got anything else to maybe have a challenge to set out to everyone? I've set one out to, to text up with some of your mates and make sure we check in. But um, And especially, the, as we said earlier as well, not just your mates but the older older gentlemen in our lives because um, mm. they can be ones that are really, really um, yeah. quiet in these scenarios. But what else, mate? Is there anything else that we can leave with just to, to um, send off? For sure. Um there's, there's a few things. I, the, the thousand push-up challenge is the bane of my existence. After I said that on here, God, I got messages every day being like, man, I crushed it. I was like, great. Now you've made me feel like shit. Thanks for that. Um, so everyone go out and give that a go again, I guess. Why not? If, if you didn't get get around to it the first time. But um, the, the thing that I've been trying to do is um, based on like positive psychology, which is the gratefulness stuff, um, yeah. gratitude. Um, and we, we spoke about it a bit last time, but I guess what I've been doing is before bed, I think of three things that happened during the day that I'm you know, grateful for. And then what I do is I go, why did they happen? I go, why, why did they happen? Because rather than just being like, I'm grateful for my friends and my family and my health or something, I go, all right, I got to do this podcast with Dill today. For instance, this is what I'll probably do tonight. I got to do this cool podcast with Dill um, that I really enjoyed. I'm grateful for having that opportunity. And then I've got to go, why did that happen? And the reason that it happened is because we climbed a fucking Harbour Bridge together and we <laughs> built up a friendship. And then you happened to have been through some shit. I've happened to be through some shit and we, we connected. And then we both put in the, the work um, and we care about this stuff. Um, and that's why we're here, I guess. And that gives you, before bed at least, a pretty good sense of um, awareness about why you do what you do um and gives you a bit of purpose for the next day as well so give it a go i love it mate we actually had um as well as your chat last time we touched on the gratitude again with hugh van kylenberg had him on and just i think you know both both episodes of yours and his have been two ones that the feedback's just been incredible for so the gratitude side of things i think is something that we've we've always said has changed our outlook on on how things are because i suppose when you when you're grateful you're thinking about what you have and not what you don't um mm. and there is so much that we all we all have so um like i said mate that challenge of just thinking before bed in the morning of everything that went well for the day and what you're looking forward to um is a huge one but um doctor thank you so much for your time again mate and um have a good week off and Thanks. stay safe and uh look forward to chatting to you soon for sure not eight weeks in between drinks this time yeah no 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 never again i'll chat to you soon Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. The show is produced by Dylan Buckley and Luca Ganano. Richard Stansbury looks after the audio and editing. Samuel Kenny Creative is responsible for branding and graphic design. And the show is recorded at 3AW Studios, Collins Street, Melbourne. If you would like to contact my son, head to dylanfriends.com or look me up in the white pages and I'll pass it on.